You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We are live on a Tuesday morning. It's the Standing Room Spartans podcast. Uh, in a second here, you're going to hear Scott and I break down the entire Big Ten schedule with our predictions. Now, we we kind of planned on combining the Big Ten predictions as well as the Michigan State predictions. Uh, we ended up running a little bit long, so what we did is split it into two episodes. So today, you're going to hear the Big Ten predictions and uh you know the standings how everything's going to shake out and that does include michigan state and and our record our final record predictions for michigan state um so you'll hear that throughout but we're going to talk about the entire big 10 as a whole and tomorrow we're going to break down the entire michigan state schedule game by game tell you why we predicted it the way we did so in a second here again you'll hear us talk about how the uh, you know the second half of the episode is going to be breaking down Michigan State. Well, we went a little bit long, so that actually is, is pushed to tomorrow. So today's episode, you'll hear us talk about the Big Ten. You will hear a little bit of Michigan State because we do give our predictions sprinkled throughout. But tomorrow, you'll get the whole breakdown uh, of Michigan State's game-by-game schedule. So it, it might sound a little bit weird as you're going through because, uh, again, we kind of went off schedule a little bit. So hope you enjoy. Take care. And we are live on a Wednesday morning, a little bonus episode here. Uh, it's actually not Wednesday, it's Saturday, but uh, you guys don't need to know that. We're live. It's a Wednesday morning for the Standing Room Spartans podcast. Your host, Kevin Parker, with Scott Martin, Spartan Martin, joining us here today. We're breaking down, previewing, predicting. The entire Big Ten. Uh, Scott and I, we went through the entire schedule week by week and basically predicted the entire Big Ten. So, uh, you know, we'll get into the predictions here. But, Scott, first of all, how you doing? And second of all, what do you think about your predictions? How confident are we feeling? Well, thanks for having me, as always. I am stoked for this episode. I love predictions. They're obviously all going to be wrong by the end of the season, but it's still one of the most fun things we can do uh, in the preseason. We're finally getting into the meat of this, um, you know, content. It's getting real exciting. And uh, yeah, I'm stoked. I mean, my predictions, like I said, I'm sure they'll be dead wrong, but I'm stoked about them. I like what I'm seeing. Um, Tried not to, you know, just jump to conclusions, tried to put a little thought into this and hopefully I'll get more right than I get wrong. Yeah, that's the beauty of it, right? I, 
you make a lot of predictions that are wrong, but you remember the good ones. I, last year, I predicted Eli Collins to be the, the breakout player for Michigan State. You don't feel pretty good about that one. I probably made a lot of predictions that were wrong as well, but I don't remember those. So that's the beauty of it. Um, but like I said, we, we went through every single game on the schedule, uh, predicted a winner, kind of came out with what the standings were at the end of the season. So we'll talk about all of that. Uh, how we're going to break this down for the people that are listening. The first half of this, we'll be talking about the Big Ten as a whole. And the second half, will be going strictly Michigan State game by game. So I know there's a lot of people out there listening that probably don't give a shit about the Big Ten and, and just want to hear about Michigan State. So you can kind of fast forward this. Uh, maybe I'll try to put in the description about the time that we uh, – that we're going to be talking to Mich- about Michigan State, but uh, that's kind of how we're going to break this thing down. So I know we're gonna we're gonna end up rambling about some of these games. So let's uh, let's jump into this thing. Like I said, we'll we'll kind of start this off. We're gonna run it week by week. We'll give you every single game, and then uh, we'll we'll keep continue that on with the standings and and how that all shakes everything up. Uh, we don't know actually who we have predicted for any of these games. We have no idea. We did. We talked before this a podcast, of course, but uh, we didn't share any predictions. So this will be interesting uh, to see how we how we really agree or disagree on some of these games. So uh, first of all, week one, of course, you got Michigan State and Rutgers, and again, we're we're going to break down Michigan State at the end. So we'll we'll give our predictions for this game as we go along. But uh, for the real breakdowns, uh, that'll be at the end of the episode. So don't think we're just skipping over those games. But um, the week one slate coming in as you guys are listening to this, what three days? Uh, two days. There's the Friday game. I forgot about that. That's Illinois, Wisconsin. Uh, Scott, what are the games that really kind of stand out to you on that week one that you're really excited to get go get to, except for Michigan State and Rutgers, of course? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's definitely some chalk in this week. I think the one outside of Michigan State that sticks out to me is Michigan at Minnesota. Um, two strong teams. Obviously, Minnesota's been up and coming the last couple of years, had a phenomenal season last year, and Michigan's got a lot of turnover this year, so um it's going to be interesting uh Michigan's obviously starting on the road at Minnesota uh with such a weird offseason it's really I think there's a lot of chaos going on it's really hard to predict these games and um personally I have Minnesota taking the win um I think they're really confident obviously they have a couple pieces on offense they, they lost their top receivers but they're gonna have an enormous amount of confidence PJ Fleck I think has the energy to get a team through this offseason with a good mindset and, uh, and Michigan's just not really going to know what they are. Obviously, they're, they're going to have to figure out their quarterback situation, you know, similar to Michigan State. It's not a great thing to be doing against a good team on the road in week one. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, rip the Band-Aid off for Michigan. They're going to start off 0-1. I, so I love this matchup, first of all. I think this is definitely the, the best game of that week one slate. And I think it's a two and a half point spread. They released uh, on, on betonline.ag. I uh, know they released the week one spread. So let me actually get this pulled up while I'm talking here, but I actually have Minnesota winning this game as well. Uh, Michigan is, I, I think they're going to be a good team. Look, uh, they've recruited really well, of course, over the last couple of years, 
but Minnesota's bringing back a quarterback that I think is a little bit underrated in the national kind of spotlight in Tanner Morgan. I think he's a, yep. he's a really good player. Um, he's got Rashad Bateman who opted back in They're They're allowing him to play. Um, it, there was some kind of weird stuff going on. I, it kind of sounds like he may or may not have signed with an agent and they seem to be allowing him to play. So that's interesting, but um, no, Minnesota's got, I, I think, just more experience coming back. I love what P.J. Fleck is doing there. I'm. We'll talk about this later on, too, but I'm really interested to see P.J. Fleck and what he does in the next couple of years. Is Is Minnesota the launching pad to a bigger school, to an SEC school, to, uh, you know, who's going to be the next USC, you know, type program that's opening up? Because, look, this guy – brought Western Michigan to a new year's six bowl. And in three years at Minnesota, he, he brought them within a game of the big 10 championship last year. Um, he's put out a couple NFL guys now. So, I mean, the arrows pointing up for him. I'm really curious to see what the next step after Minnesota, I'm guessing he's not going to be a Minnesota lifer. Doesn't really seem that to fit his personality. So I, I do have Minnesota winning that game as well, though. Just too much experience on that side of the ball for Minnesota right away for Michigan that just they're losing a lot of pieces. They're breaking in a new quarterback. I know he's Cam Newton combined with Patrick Mahomes combined with Joe Montana, but it's also his first game in college football. So I think that'll be a little bit of a wake up call for Michigan um, going into Minnesota in week one. Yeah, that's that's a good point about PJ Fleck. I think you it would be easy to forget how much pressure Minnesota and PJ Fleck are going to be under this season. Uh, PJ Fleck and the Minnesota program have not been in this situation at well, Minnesota program in a long time and PJ Fleck ever being, you know, kind of a, a target, having a target on their back in a really good conference. Uh, obviously they've been building up the last couple of years, like I mentioned, and um, last year, a massive breakout 11 win season, and, and there's going to be high expectations in, in Minnesota and in Minneapolis this year. So, you know, bringing a big team like Michigan in week one, their fan base is going to be, you know, expecting to see a good team rolled out onto the field. So they're going to be under a lot of pressure. But again, I think P.J. Fleck knows how to get his guys' minds in the right place. And I think I think they'll pull out the win. Yeah, I think this is, again, of course, uh, definitely the best game on the schedule for the week one slate. Um, and we both have Minnesota taking the win. So, um, any other games, I mean, Indiana Penn state could be interesting. You have uh, a Penn state team who's coming into this season. Of course, they've been great the last few years. Indiana seems like that kind of darling pick for, you know, one of those kind of sleeper teams. They got a lot of guys coming back. Um, I guess that's probably the only other interesting game, but, um, let's, let's run through these slates. So let's start with Nebraska, Ohio state. I have Ohio state in a landslide, Scott. Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be close. Yep. Um, Iowa at Purdue. I have Purdue in this one. I think the, uh, the pass catching options, David Bell and Rondale Moore are the best in the big 10. And that includes Ohio state. Who's losing a couple guys. So I think of course they're going to have some good receivers coming in, but uh, that's two potential first round receivers at Purdue. And I love Jeff Brom. So give me Purdue over Iowa. 
I actually, uh, it's our first disagreement here. I have Iowa taking this one on the road. I think obviously, you know, similar to Michigan and Michigan State, they have to find a quarterback, but they're bringing back pretty much every piece of their offense other than quarterback. So I think they'll have enough firepower to get the win on the road. And Penn State, Indiana, something I just mentioned there could be an interesting game there. I have Penn State taking it. Indiana's at home. This could be an interesting kind of sleepy game. Penn State's getting ready for Ohio State the next week, but I I don't think you can fall into a trap game week one. That would surprise me. It's a say what you want about James Franklin, but it's a pretty well-coached team. I think they get the job done. Yep. Yeah, I'm in line there. Echo everything you said. Maryland at Northwestern. Uh, This one I have Northwestern, Pat Fitzgerald. I I think this is going to be a sneaky team. We'll see that as we go along here. Um, They bring in Peyton Ramsey from Indiana as their quarterback to sure up that spot. And of course, we know they're going to have a good defense and Maryland, I just think sucks. So give me Northwestern. (laughs) Yeah, I think, uh, I don't think it's any secret to say Maryland's going to be one of the worst teams in the conference this year, if not the worst, and uh, the fighting Pat Fitzgerald's get it done. And the Friday night game, we have Illinois taking on Wisconsin. Wisconsin's at home. Illinois won this game last year, if we do remember, but I have Wisconsin winning this game pretty easily. Yeah, there's no way, you know, with Wisconsin sitting on that loss for an extended offseason, bringing Illinois in to Camp Randall, um, I just don't see them dropping this one, Wisconsin all the way. And Michigan State at home against Rutgers week one. Again, guys, we'll break these games down in detail at the end of the podcast, um, but we'll just run through the winners and losers for now. I have Michigan State taking this one against Rutgers. Yep. Coach Tucker gets the win in his first game. Love it. So the week two slate, um, Scott, I'll let you start with these ones. Uh, but of course the, the game of the week there in the, in week two is going to be Penn state and Ohio state. Uh, of course, we're going to be focusing on that Michigan, Michigan state game, but Penn state, Ohio state, the best game of, of the entire big 10 schedule. I, I think this will be one of those kind of college game day. They've been playing tight every single year, the last few years. And uh, this is going to be a really awesome matchup. I'm I'm really excited for this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I love one of the things I love about this new schedule, this eight weeks schedule, obviously, I'd love to have a full schedule, but going to eight weeks going full Big Ten means you get into the great games right off the bat. You know, we're, as we record this, I think exactly two weeks from this week here, this slate. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it's the best game in the conference all year, um, you know, barring me potentially the conference championship. And, uh, and I expect a close game. I think if Ohio state was in the shoe, I think it, it might be a little bit, um, you know, not, not quite as close, but going into happy Valley, I do have Ohio state pulling the win. I expect it to be one, maybe two possessions, but single digits coming down to the fourth quarter. Um, but I just think Ohio state's an absolute juggernaut. And I think, uh, you know, fields and company comes out with the W. Yeah. And this is, this is a good Penn state team. Don't get me wrong. I Micah Parsons opting out is going to be a really big deal for that defense. He's, yep. he's going to be like a top 10 NFL draft pick. I mean, the kid's an absolute stud. You combine that with losing Yetzer Gross Matos on the D line last year. Uh, KJ Hamler, their best receiver is gone. I think they're replacing a little bit too much to be beating Ohio state in week two. I mean, maybe by the end of the season, these young guys really get rolling, but 
week two early on in the year, I, I don't see it. So give me Ohio State with that one. Uh, Scott, where do you want to take us the rest of this week two slate? Uh, let's go to the West, um, get a couple of these done. So what do you got for Illinois-Purdue? Illinois-Purdue. I have Purdue winning this one on the road. Give me a 2-0 and Jeff Brom Boilermakers. I also have uh, Purdue taking the win on the road. Uh, one and one on my end, but, uh, yeah, I mean, should be a good game. Probably not a lot of eyes on it, but you know, decently matched teams potentially. So definitely at noon. (laughs) Yeah. They might move that one up to like 9am or put it on a (laughs) Thursday night or something, but, uh, yeah, Purdue on the road. Um, let's go to interesting one here, Iowa Northwestern, two teams that could be middle of the pack. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of question marks for both teams new quarterbacks on both sides. Um, Iowa is at home against this um, for this one. Who do you got? So man, this is one where you'll see at the end of this, the the whole big 10 West is a mess in the middle of it. And these are two of those teams, but uh, give me Iowa at home to pull this one out. Yep. Same thing. I think uh, early in the season, especially if Iowa can shore up quarterback, um, you know, early in the season, I think that home field is, is what they need. So moving on, um, for me, probably not the closest game, but uh, let's hear from you first. I got Minnesota at Maryland. Yeah, this is Minnesota in a blowout. Again, Maryland sucks. Give me the other team playing them. Yep, yep. Don't need to spend too much time on that one. Um, Okay, so this one's interesting. I'm interested to hear what you have. Wisconsin at Nebraska. Yeah, uh, man, again, you go back to what Nebraska's schedule the first two weeks going at Ohio state and then taking on Wisconsin at home. Uh, this is something where we kind of talked before the podcast of the psychology of these teams is going to be really interesting to follow. You know, Nebraska has two of the toughest games you could possibly schedule for them week one and week two how do they recover from this? Cause I do have Wisconsin winning this game. Now, how does Nebraska recover from it and how do they go forward? Is going to say a lot about uh, Scott Frost and, and the kind of character around that program. Yeah. Yeah. And I have Wisconsin as well. Um, it's on the road, but I'm not really a Nebraska believer, a Scott Frost believer, not to say that they couldn't reach the heights that they, you know, hope to, I just don't see that learning curve happening say how it is for pj fleck at minnesota you know nebraska they've sputtered through his first couple of years it's not been pretty most of the time and they're just not showing that level of football that i think their fan base expects or at least hopes for um and early in the season weird off season a great wisconsin team coming in i just see wisconsin coming through but i do agree i think the psychology especially for a season like this is going to be really really interesting to follow mm-hmm. so um yeah, I think that's everybody in the West. So moving on to the East, uh, Indiana at Rutgers. I mean, what do you got? <laughs> Yikes. Uh, give me Indiana. I, they're experienced. They, they have more talent. Give me Indiana. Yeah, I think uh, I'm really interested to see Penix back on the field. He showed some serious flashes last season. I think he breaks out, really puts his name kind of on the Big Ten map in this game. And, uh, you know, Shiano. 0-2 start. I don't think it would surprise too many people. I, I'm sure Rutgers fans are hoping for more than that, but uh, but yeah, I got Indiana on the road. So uh, we already covered Maryland, Minnesota. Um, 
Penn State, Ohio State, we covered. So I think that just leaves Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, Kevin, let's hear it. So uh, I'll start this off by saying I am predicting Michigan to win this game. But uh, again, we'll get into it later on. I think it'll be closer than whatever the Vegas line is. Yep. Yeah, I am echo that. I was going to say, I think Michigan State covers. I think there's a ton of variables. I'm excited to break this one down in a little bit here. Um, I do think Michigan State loses at home, um, but covers. So week three, we got an interesting, uh, I guess the only real interesting matchup here. It's not a great slate, but Michigan goes on the road to take on Indiana. Michigan is currently on a 24-game winning streak against Indiana. The last time Indiana won was the 1987 season which was seven years before I was born. So uh, it's been a while. Can Indiana get the job done this year at home on week three? So I'm really excited to see this game more for Indiana than for Michigan. I think if you're a Michigan fan, you're expecting to win this game. I know it's on the road, but Indiana is that lower mid tier big East team who you really, if you're one of the top three or four teams in the Big Ten East, you need to be winning this game. So I think Michigan's expectations are, are easy to predict. Now, Indiana, I think you mentioned it a little bit, expected to be stronger than in years past. They're playing at home. Like I said, they've got Penix, who showed flashes last year. You know, Herman's got the team in a great place. They're returning a lot of guys. And there's there's higher expectations than usual for this program. So this, I think, is the game where they need to show whether they're going to contend and be that team that they want to be or not. I think if they drop this game, it's, it's going to be a pretty long season for them. If they win this game, there's going to be some eyes, you know, turning towards Bloomington. So personally, I don't think they get it done. I think Michigan's too strong. I think Indiana's just not quite there yet. Um, but what do you got? Yeah, I got Michigan winning. It's just one of those games that Michigan doesn't lose. Uh, I'll kind of see this play out too, where you have certain teams that we've been following for so long and you, you get a read on them, especially with their head coach. Like Jim Harbaugh is probably not going to drop games to teams. He shouldn't be right. Like you're Jim Harbaugh is not going to lose to Rutgers. He's not going to lose to Maryland. He's not going to lose to Indiana. Now, yep. the problem with Jim Harbaugh is he's also not going to beat Ohio State. He's going to struggle to beat the good teams that, you know, they're underdogs, right? So yep. uh, this just feels like one of those games that that Indiana or Michigan's going to win. It's Indiana seems like the team that for any decent team in the Big Ten, and they're kind of breaking down their previews and they're saying, okay, what's the trap game on our schedule? I feel like Indiana's the trap game for like every single team that they play. They're like, oh, look, yep. look out for this one. But yeah, give me Michigan. I, I think it'll just be one of those games where we look back at the end and we're like, well, yeah, that's just what Jim Harbaugh does. He beats the team he's supposed to beat. So um, give me Michigan there. Uh, Penn State, Maryland, they're trying to play this off as a, a rivalry game the last couple of years, or Maryland, I should say, is trying to make this into a rivalry game. I don't think Penn State really agrees with that. Uh, what do you got in this one? I mean, Maryland, the only team they're qualified to have a rivalry with is Rutgers. They were brought into the conference at the same time. They both suck, so they're equal. And yeah, this is not a rivalry. This is a <laughs> Penn State pads the stats. You know, this is a, this is the type of game where you expect to see a Penn state quarterback throwing for seven touchdowns, something ridiculous like that. I think 
you know, everybody's going to be turning this one off in the first quarter if they even happen to tune in. So uh, Penn State by a thousand. Yeah, it was 59 nothing last year. So give me Penn State. Uh, we got Minnesota on the road going to Illinois. What do you got? Again, I think Minnesota is going to be a strong team this year. I'm not very fond of Illinois. I don't think they really have a lot of highlights as you look at their roster. Um, and I just think Minnesota is going to be in a really good place to start this year. So I got Minnesota. Yep. Give me Minnesota. They're moving on to three and zero in my book, uh, Northwestern at home against Nebraska. This is another one of those teams where just middle the pack big 10 West teams. I have no idea how to really shake these guys out, but, uh, give me the fighting Pat Fitzgerald's to, to get the job done here. I think this year is going to be a really good coaching job by Fitzgerald. It's one of those teams where, um, in a weird year, give me a good coach to pull out these kind of, uh, you know, split games where you don't know who to pick. It's a coin flip. Give me the better coach. And that's Pat Fitzgerald. So give me Northwestern. I am tempted to agree. I hung up on this game for a long time as I was going through these predictions, but going back to your point on the psychology of these teams going through this season, you mentioned Nebraska is going to open the year again at Ohio state and home against Wisconsin. I think we both have them starting the year. Oh, and two now the Nebraska fans have been waiting for Scott Frost's breakout for well, since before he even arrived on campus, they're frustrated. There's a ton of pressure there to have a really good season and to become the team that they thought they were going to be when they hired Scott Frost. I don't see them losing this game for that reason alone. I think they are going to be trying to win one of these Ohio state or Wisconsin games. They're not going to, if our predictions are correct and they're going to be frustrated and they're going to have a hell of a week at practice. I think for that reason alone, just the motivation of not starting Owen three and facing Penn State coming into your building the next week. I think they're going to have this one circled and they're going to pull out the win. Yeah, this is, you know, probably a can't lose game for Scott Frost, right? If you're assuming they lose the first two and then you got Penn State breathing down their neck the next week. So, um, yeah, I I have them falling 0-3 in this scenario here. Uh, Wisconsin at home against Purdue two kind of contrasting styles. You got Purdue trying to throw the ball all over the yard when on, on offense, Wisconsin, we know what they do, uh, but give me Wisconsin at home. I think they're going to get the job done. Yeah. I think Purdue's going to have a hard time having the football in their hands, you know, their possessions, whether they're positive or negative only last, you know, a flash. So I think Wisconsin gets about 45 minutes of possession time and just buries Purdue. Yeah. And, uh, the, so I think we're both going to pick Ohio state, but let's make this more interesting. Ohio state against Rutgers. What's the point spread in this game? Cause I got like Ohio state 38 and a half and I'd hammer Ohio state in that, but like, they can't give like, that's such a gigantic line between conference opponents, but like, yeah, I yeah. mean, I think that's a safe. <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't go over forty in conference. That's you know? insane. But also, but I don't expect <laughs> Rutgers to find the end zone. I think they'd be lucky to kick a field goal in this game, and I don't think they're going to have. I don't think they're going to have a positional advantage anywhere on the field on either side of the ball. No nope. special teams, anything. They are just worse every matchup, every play. They're going to lose. So 
I just don't see – I mean, honestly, I if it was at 50, I'd take Ohio State. Yep. I think 38, 39 is probably safe just because – it's a conference game, like you said, and Vegas is going to get really freaked out past that. But <laughs> yeah, anything take, south of like 70, I'm probably betting Ohio State in this one. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, Vegas won't do it. If I'm putting the spread somewhere, I'm going to I'm going to say Ohio State. Sixty two and a half. <laughs> that's, that's so absurd to say in like, hey, this is a conference game week three of the conference slate but like you're probably right like okay so let me let me say this i give you ohio state 62 and a half i'm taking ohio state for sure (laughs) for sure um all right let's let's get to week four here um couple interesting games i I think hang on hang on you forgot the big one oh shit uh yeah michigan state of course uh michigan state going on the road to take on iowa um I got Michigan State pulling this one out. Give me Michigan State going two and one to start the year, beating Iowa on the road. Yeah, I think I, I agree. First of all, um, when I looked at Michigan State's schedule, first of all, I think it is rather generous. Um, I think our crossovers: we have Iowa, we have Northwestern, um, and when you look up and down the schedule, MSU is going to be shooting for an upset somewhere. You've got Michigan, you've got Iowa. You got Ohio State and you got Penn State. I think this Iowa game is going to be the one they circle uh, early in the season. Hope they're coming off a loss at Michigan, so they're going to have a lot of motivation. And Iowa's got a lot to work out on their end as well. It's on the road. It's going to be a tough game, but I think Iowa might be looking over this one a little bit. Uh, so yeah, give me Michigan State on the road. Love it, love it, baby. We're yeah, we'll get into that. It's. This is one I have circled uh, as a big game for Michigan State. Week four, couple interesting games. Uh, one that's notable for maybe the wrong reasons. You got Illinois going on the road to take on Rutgers. Uh, potentially a game where I guess they're both maybe looking for their only win of the season or or maybe one of two wins on the season. Uh, who do you got in Illinois Rutgers? Yeah, I mean, I got Rutgers solely because they're the home team. I think Shiano's going to make Rutgers a little stronger. Uh, like you said, these teams horribly are going to have this game circled. Um, <laughs> and I got Rutgers pulling out the win. Yeah, this is, again, one that they're all going to have circled. Give me Lovey Smith and the boys, the fighting Illini, going on the road in conference play, all getting right. a win here. Uh, the other actually interesting game is Wisconsin going on the road. Uh, in Ann Arbor to take on Michigan. We've seen a lot of very interesting matchups between these two teams. We've seen a couple blowouts on both sides of this matchup. So uh, Wisconsin on the road at Michigan. I have Wisconsin winning this game. I think Michigan's losing a lot on defense and Wisconsin lost their starting quarterback, Jack Cohn, maybe for the year, uh, which is I think an interesting development because the backup Graham Mertz is a former five-star kid, probably the highest rated quarterback Wisconsin's ever had. What does that mean for Wisconsin? Probably very little. I don't think they're going to change their offense in any way, shape or form, but you know, can this make kid make a couple throws down the field? I'm not sure, but I think Michigan's losing a lot on defense and Wisconsin's going to be able to control this game on that side of the ball. Uh, Wisconsin's got a lot coming back on defense. 
um, and, and can limit some of Michigan's big plays. So give me Wisconsin going on the road and starting the season off 4-0. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to belabor this point too much. I got Michigan coming in at 2-1, and one, Wisconsin at 3-0. and oh. I think for all the same reasons you said, I got Wisconsin coming out of Ann Arbor with another win. Love it. So we'll stay in the, the Big Ten West here. Another pretty interesting matchup here. You got Iowa going on the road against Minnesota. Uh, this is one where I got Iowa taking them down. I think their uh, their defense is going to get the job done here. I, I do like Minnesota this year, but I, this just feels like one of those games that they might drop. So give me Iowa on the road. Yeah, I mean, this is a fun one. You Obviously, you have that four-way rivalry in the West with Iowa, Minnesota, um, Wisconsin, and uh, Nebraska. And every time any of those teams play each other, it's a great game. I'm a firm believer in Minnesota this year. I think P.J. Fleck still has everything to prove. Like you mentioned earlier, I think he's digging for a better job. Um, sorry, Minnesota fans, if any of you are listening. But <laughs> I, I do think they pull it off. I think they're playing at home, and I like them this year. I think I was – Iowa's Iowa, but I think Minnesota's strong this year and takes up, you know, takes the win. And we got Purdue at home against Northwestern sticking in the Big Ten West. Give me Purdue. I think they just have too many playmakers in this game. Northwestern doesn't have the defensive backs to stay with them. Yep, I'm on the same page. Love it. Uh, Another game, Ohio State at Maryland. The these two games, they might combine to win like 140 to three. I mean, th- this is just a cakewalk for Iowa or Ohio State on the road against Maryland. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's a little, I don't even want to say a little closer, but maybe they don't put up so many points as they did against Rutgers just because it's on the road. Big win the week before, but yeah, it's not going to be close. And you got Penn State at Nebraska. I got Penn State winning this one. I just think they're the more talented team. They're they're going to be going on the road, but I don't think that matters in this matchup. Yep, same thing. I think Penn State wins. I think Scott Frost, his his seat's getting real hot. I mean, you're at one and three halfway through the year. Um, yeah, I got them good for four. Him. So. <laughs> um, and then of course you got Michigan State at home against Indiana, another winnable game on the schedule, but I got them dropping this one. I think Indiana, they, they came real close last year. We, we just barely squeaked that one out. Um, give me Indiana on the road, beating our Spartans. I disagree. I, I love this matchup. Um, I think Michigan state pulls out the win again. I think they're going to struggle. I think it's going to be really close, but, uh, but I think we get it done. So you're at what four and one for Michigan State? Three. It was week four. I'm at three, three, yeah, and, one. three and one. I think it's okay. going to be a great start to the year. I'm optimistic. Pro- maybe misplaced, but you know what? By this time every off season, my head's usually <laughs> this enormous. This is the time. So this give me is MSU. the time. So we're moving on to week five. I think there's, you know, if you're looking at a game of the week, you're probably circling Penn State at home against Iowa. Again, these these two teams have played some really good matchups the last couple of years. I personally just think Penn State's way too talented to drop this game. Um, Iowa, I, I think this is going to be a little bit of a down year for them. They're they're losing a lot, including their quarterback. Sean Clifford, say what you want about him at Penn State, but he's a good college quarterback. He's not great, but he's good. I think Penn State will, rolls in this one by, I think, two scores. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I have Penn State winning. It's definitely one to keep an eye on, depending on how Iowa's team comes together this year 
Um, keep it close in the fourth quarter. You can always count on James Franklin giving you another chance. Uh, but I think the recruiting's too strong. Like you said, Iowa's got a few holes to fill this year. And going on the road to Penn State, it just doesn't feel like a game that, that James Franklin's going to drop. And, yeah, I, I agree with that. So Minnesota at home against Purdue. Um, take the over in this one. I think there's going to be a lot of points. But give me Minnesota at home, just a little bit too talented. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I have them actually starting the year 5-0. and So um, I think they're going to have a great start. Purdue's up and down. I actually have them losing and winning every other game. So they're coming out of this one <laughs> two and three. I know it's kind of a darling pick for some people, but they got to figure out defense if they're going to win big games like this on the road. Yep, uh, I agree with that. Nebraska at home against Illinois. This is a, a snoozer of a game, but give me Nebraska getting their first win of the season in week five, going one and four to start the year for Scott Frost. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, Scott Frost, if we are correct about this, is going to be under a ton of pressure and he's not going to lose a game like this at home. Uh, heading or sticking in the Big Ten West, I should say, let's go to uh, Wisconsin on the road against the fighting Pat Fitzgeralds and Northwestern. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think Northwestern's offense has enough firepower to really make enough plays against a perennially stout Wisconsin defense. Uh, Wisconsin, again, it's the type of game they're just going to control the ball all day and uh, come out with a lazy win. So I was saving this narrative on the season specifically to talk about this game. Uh, there's been a couple games that I've picked here that I, I think is, is kind of that carnage pick, but Wisconsin in week four is going on the road to play Michigan. Wisconsin in week six is at home taking on Minnesota. Week five, they got a sleepy game in Chicago on the road. If there's one thing that Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern know how to do, it's playing a game at home with no fans. Give me Northwestern. <laughs> the fighting Pat Fitzgeralds are going to shake this thing up a little bit. I, I just think this is that classic trap game. You're in between Michigan and Minnesota, and you just got this sleepy game down the road in Chicago. Uh, give me Northwestern to take down Wisconsin and give them their first loss of the season. Hey, I don't see it, but I see it. You know, I think, like you said, Pat Fitzgerald knows how to win these kinds of games. I have them coming into the game at one and three. They're going to have a lot of motivation. Their defense makes enough plays to shut down the Wisconsin run game. You got a close game. Anyone's ball game at the end, Northwestern at home. I can see it. I don't have it, but I can I love see it. it. Hey, they have two, with uh, Patty Fisher and Blake Gallagher. They have two of the best linebackers in the country. And I think that makes a big defense deal against Wisconsin. I, this is a game I had circled where I, I picked Northwestern and then I went back. I'm like, okay, come on. And I was like, you know, no, I'm sticking with this thing. So I love it. Uh, big 10 East. You have Indiana on the road against Ohio state. Um, Indiana is just not ready for this. Give me Ohio state. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, they do better than Rutgers in Maryland. I think they get a few points on the board, maybe at halftime, they're still believing they're only down by a score or two, but by the end of this thing, you know, they're going to be walking out with their tails between their legs. Yep. Michigan at Rutgers, the classic Jim Harbaugh. Let me hang 70 and show everybody how big my dick is. Give me Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Look for controversy here. Like you said, it'll probably go for two or, you know, run up the score, keep passing with 30 seconds left. Uh, you know, someone will get pissed off, but Michigan will win by a billion. 
Yeah, they faked that extra point a few years back when they were to go up like 43 to nothing or something. And the the holder who faked that and ran it in uh, was actually my high school teammate, Garrett Morse. So that that's his one claim to fame. He was the field goal holder for like three years at Michigan, but that's his claim to fame is he was the guy who faked the field goal against Rutgers to go up by like 43 instead of 42. So the most um, unknown public enemy in <laughs> New Jersey history. And uh, we'll finish this week up with Michigan state on the road against Maryland. Um, I, I just think Maryland sucks again. So give me Michigan state. Yeah. I think this is one of the, you know, one of the games on MSU schedule that hopefully we really don't have to worry about. So MSU and we'll break it down in a bit. Week six, uh, we got a couple good matchups here. We'll start in the Big Ten West with Wisconsin at home against Minnesota. I think for most people, this will be kind of the de facto division championship game. And I Wisconsin whooped their ass last year. I think P.J. Fleck and the guys are going to be pissed off going into this game. But I don't think it'll matter. I think Wisconsin is just the more physical team. I think we, we're going to start getting later in the year, and this is going to really come into play more than any other year. Week six is going to be like late November, and yeah. it's going to be cold. It's going to be who's going to be more willing to take the punishment and, and play a little bit more physical. These last couple games are going to be really interesting because we're going to start getting into late November, December in Big Ten country. Um, give me Wisconsin in this one over Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have both teams coming in at five and zero. It's going to be one that a lot of people are watching. Like you said, it's probably the de facto big 10 West championship. Um, And I said, I was a believer in Minnesota and I am, and I think they have a good shot at this one, but until they win these kinds of games, you know, I'm sticking to Wisconsin holding serve. These are the games that Minnesota has to win to take that next step. And they could very well win this year, but, at Camp Randall, like you said, it's going to be cold late season. There's going to be, you know, a lot of emotion in this game. I think Wisconsin's better equipped to handle that because they've been a dog for, um, you know, a long time. They've been a top dog in that division. And I just think they, they've got too much firepower for Minnesota on the road. So uh, Wisconsin at home. Boom. We got the other interesting matchup here is going to be Michigan against Penn state kind of battling for that second place in the big 10 East most likely. Um, and I, and I actually have Michigan winning this game. I, I think Penn state's the better team, but I think you're going on the road and we've seen Michigan win these games a couple times where it's one of those where you're not feeling great about Michigan or you're feeling really good about Penn state. And it's just one of those Lee Corso, not so fast, my friends. Um, I think late in the season, Michigan's going to get some playmakers that, that start gelling with this new quarterback, but it, I don't know. It just feels like one of those games where Jim Harbaugh is, it's going to be that it's, it's the classic game where he can say, Hey, I beat a, I beat a good team. I had a big win. And then you look back at the end of the year and you're like, well, that didn't really matter. Like it's, it's that classic win where Jim Harbaugh and Michigan fans can say, Hey, this was a big win. And then you go back and you look, you're like, okay, it was a week six game against a team that didn't even win the division. Like, what are we talking about here? So, uh, but, but give me Michigan in this one to beat Penn state at home. 
it's a tough one. I love this matchup. I don't know why. I always absolutely love this matchup, probably because it's usually two ranked teams, two good teams. And as much um, as I hate Michigan's helmets, the aesthetic of this game is usually awesome. There's something great. about that. It's great. But when you look at this matchup, I mean, the last four years they've split. The last 10 years they've split. So it's you never really know what to expect coming into this game. They've both had blowouts recently. They've had close low scoring games. They've had close high scoring games. So you really never know what to expect in this game. Personally, I think Penn state, they're going to have something to prove. They're going to be, you know, they've been living in Ohio state's shadow for a long time. Michigan also has, but that's another story. But I think Penn state, you know, they're going to, this Ohio state loss in week two is going to be way behind them and they are going to be rolling at this point. So give me Penn state in a real close one. Yeah, that's that's one of the toughest games I had to pick on this whole schedule. But yeah, yeah um, now a couple of games that aren't very interesting. Let's just run through real quick. Um, I got Nebraska over Iowa on the road. I have Iowa over Nebraska. I don't think Nebraska's got it this year. I think honestly, I think Scott Frost is done at least by the end of the year, if not midseason. That or that's an interesting call. Uh, we got Indiana at home against Maryland. Give me Indiana. Indiana, Maryland again, Indiana. I just, Maryland's just bad. Just yep. Capital B bad. Ohio state at Illinois. This is going to be another 56 point blowout. Give me Ohio state. I got Ohio state, Indiana or Illinois on my books drops to zero and six. And Purdue at home against Rutgers. I think Purdue's going to score a lot of points. I don't think Rutgers got the DBs to stink with Rondale Moore and David Moore or David Bell. Give me Purdue. Yeah, I mean, if this was at Rutgers, maybe it's close, but it's at Purdue and I don't think it is close. Give me Purdue. And then, of course, we have Northwestern coming to East Lansing to take on Michigan State. Uh, is going to be a physical game, but give me. Michigan State to take this one at home and get their fourth win of the season in week six. I also have Michigan State winning. This is obviously a matchup that if you're like me, it scares the heck out of me. I think it scares a lot of Michigan State fans because we've, we've struggled with Northwestern just as far as most of us are concerned, more than we should have. So it's a scary game, but I think Mel Tucker is able to keep a lot of that in the past it's a previous regime that struggled with Northwestern. I think Tucker comes in with a clear head and, uh, and gets the win. I have them at five and one. I was going to say like, six weeks <laughs> again, maybe it's optimistic, but when you look at their schedule, if it's they can doable. grab, if they can grab one of those Michigan or Iowa games on the road, if they can pull off one of those upsets, the other four games, I mean, you could make an argument that we should win them. Indiana's tough, but you got Rutgers, Maryland, and now they're all winnable for sure. I mean, I'm sure I'm a little biased. I'm sure I'm being overly optimistic, but I believe in this team and I, and I think this is a real possibility. So give me five and one with Ohio state in week seven. I love it. So week seven, you got um, I, really the only one worth talking about here. I think it's Indiana going on the road against Wisconsin. And you know what? I, I just, I like Wisconsin this year, but I think it's the year of chaos. I, I think there's only one team in the big 10 that really just can, can get away with this whole season and maybe not bring in their a game or what, whoever goes out with COVID, it doesn't matter. And that's Ohio state. 
Um, I, I think Wisconsin's going to drop a couple games that they probably shouldn't. And this is one of them. I love Indiana in this matchup going on the road. This was supposed to be played in week one of the original slate. And I had Wisconsin or Indiana going into Wisconsin and winning. And so I'm not going to change my prediction in week seven. Give me the Hoosiers with their fourth win of the season, giving Wisconsin their second loss of the season in week seven. Wow. I mean, I don't see Who's your daddy, Scott? Who's your daddy? (laughs) Again, it's it's a late season game. Wisconsin's at home. They've got the team to play late into, I don't even know if that counts as fall or if we're just talking about winter at this point. Week seven is December. Indiana's, yikes. (laughs) In outdoor, I mean, this is like the typical Lions and uh, Packers at Lambeau on January 1st. Yeah, so, I mean, I just don't see it. I think Wisconsin's built to play this kind of game. Uh, I think Indiana, they're going to want to play a fast game. They're going to want to spread the ball out. And I think the elements combined with the team they're playing is just going to be a little bit too much. Um, And I just, I don't feel, you know, that energy that some people are feeling around Indiana. I have them dropping this one to Wisconsin and falling to, uh, let's see, what is it now? Two and five at that point. Yeah, no, it's fair. And and look, this is probably going to be the wrong pick, but I just think Wisconsin's going to lose a couple games they shouldn't, and this this is one I had circled before the original schedule, and I figured, you know what, if I had them winning in week one, why not have them winning in week seven? So uh, let's run through the rest of this slate in the Big Ten West. You got Iowa at Illinois. I Give me Iowa with their third win of the season. Yeah, I mean, I I just don't think Illinois is going to be very strong this year. I don't think they're as bad as Maryland, but I do think they're probably the worst team in their division. Um, So, yeah, I don't see them pulling off the win. Maryland at Michigan, another big dick Harbaugh game. Give me Michigan by a lot. Yeah, I got Michigan coming off a home loss to Penn State. There's no way they're losing to Maryland at home. Purdue at home against Nebraska. This is one I had a tough time with, but Purdue's got a lot of guys coming back. They got Lorenzo Neal at defensive tackle. Um, he missed all of last year, but that's an NFL type guy um, who's really going to come into play later on in the season here as you start getting that cold weather. But I love Jeff Brom as a coach, and I, I have a pretty good feeling about Purdue this year. So give me Purdue at home taking down North or Nebraska. Excuse me. Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, they're, they could be evenly matched teams. Obviously, in week seven, a lot could change from the expectations that we're looking at right now. But looking at the season, it, it's, a, it's a good matchup. You know, both these teams have a lot to look forward to and definitely some, some weaknesses that I expect to see throughout the season. I have Nebraska uh, holding serve at home over Purdue. With the interim uh, think, head coach? <laughs> uh, we'll see. I mean, I would – not hate to see that. Um, if I think if Scott Frost is still around, they pull out the win. If he's not, it's anyone's guess, but uh, I think he'll still be around by them scratching and clawing for wins. I think this is one they pull out. Minnesota at home against Northwestern. Uh, the way I have this playing out, especially seeing Wisconsin lose maybe earlier in the day or at the same time, Minnesota can win this game and stay alive one game back in the Big Ten West. Um, give me Minnesota to beat Northwestern. Yeah, I think Minnesota will be able to play around Northwestern's strength at linebacker and inside. I think they're going to be playing on the outside of the field quite a bit in this game. 
Um, and I think they pull off the win. I think, like you said, they're going to be playing to stay alive. I have them coming off a loss at Wisconsin. They're going to want to stay within that hunt going into the last week. So give me uh, Minnesota. And we got Penn State at a winless Rutgers to this point for me. Give me Penn State. But I I don't mean to say Rutgers winless is like a joke. I think a couple of games, they're going to look like a joke. But I do think they're going to be a lot more competitive in some of these games. I just I don't think they're ready to pull them out. So them against an Indiana or, uh, you know, a Michigan state or some of these games, I think they're going to make them look a lot more interesting and they're going to make them a lot more competitive. Uh, but again, I, I just don't think they're ready to make that leap to beat some of these teams. So give me Penn state by a hundred. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess they might make it a little more competitive. I don't think they're going to make it a lot more competitive. Um, I just, I think, again, Penn State's going to be in a groove at this point. And Rutgers, I mean, they usually give up after about two weeks. So I just don't see them bringing any energy to this game. Give me Penn State by a lot. Yeah, and and then you got Ohio State going to East Lansing to take on Michigan State. Um, again, we'll get to the breakdown. But, yeah, give me Ohio State. We're not ready for this one. Yeah, I mean, MSU loves to play Ohio State tough. But, ironically, we usually play them tough in their own house. Uh, I just don't think – this season is is the season to win this game yeah we're not ready uh last week of the season here we have some interesting matchups um depending on how you have the standings playing out you you could have a couple teams playing for a division championship we'll start of course michigan michigan and ohio state uh ohio state's won this one what six seven in a row I, i don't think that that stops this season justin fields you have this offense that I think is going to be able to put up some points on Don Brown as they have the last few years, just routinely. Um, and I think they have enough talent on defense to make some plays on the ball, to get a couple turnovers on a young quarterback like Joe Milton. I, again, I mean, I, I would like to see, I, again, I of course hate Michigan and I don't want to see them be good, but the last week of the season is always more interesting when this is a compelling matchup. In the last few years, it just hasn't been. So I I think that that's going to continue at least for another year. I think Ohio State wins this game by two or three scores. Yeah, I mean, it, you look at this matchup, and like you said, you want it to be a good matchup for the sake of the Big Ten and for the sake of the Big Ten East and just for the sake of entertainment. You want it to be a close game, and maybe Michigan makes it close this year. But when I look at this game, obviously Ohio State's won, I don't even know what it is now, eight or nine or ten in a row. It may even be more than that. What has changed this year um, from the last decade that would lead anyone to believe Michigan's going to pull this out? I mean, it's year after year after year. It's anything from, you know, an overtime game. Obviously, you remember the JT Barrett. Uh, was it a first down or not? That was probably that was definitely the closest it Michigan's was been. A first down too. It was definitely a first <laughs> down. Uh, you can play with the cameras all you want and lie to yourself, but it was a first down. But anyway. I just don't see what would change this year to change the paradigm enough that Michigan pulls out the win on the road in the shoe. Uh, Give me Ohio state. Like you said, maybe 15 to 20 points. The other good games we got Wisconsin at Iowa. Again, this is one that, you know, depending on the way this thing shakes out could be very impactful to, you know, the end of the big 10 West. Uh, but give me Wisconsin on the road. I, I just don't think Iowa's going to be that good this year. They're losing their quarterback. They're losing a lot on offense. They're losing a lot on defense. 
And when you combine all of that with the turmoil that's gone on in their program this offseason with Kirk Ferentz, they lost their strength and conditioning coach as a result who's been there for like 40 years. I just think there's a lot going on in that program right now. So when you combine all of that with COVID, with losing a quarterback, with losing a lot of experience elsewhere on the roster, I just think this sets up to be a rough year for Iowa. Um, and I have them finishing off three and five in this situation. And Wisconsin wins this game um, to go six and two and get themselves into the Big Ten West champion and the Big Ten championship game in Indy. Yeah, um, I have Iowa coming in four and three, probably a disappointment as far as uh, Iowa fans are concerned. I have Wisconsin coming in at seven and zero. Oh trying to win this last game um, of the season to, like you said, to get into the big 10 championship. Um, I think it'll be a really great game. Obviously this game is, is one of the better rivalries in the big 10 West. I have Iowa coming off a couple wins. Obviously I have Wisconsin seven and zero. like I said, um, I think it's going to be one of those like 21 to 17 or 17 to 14, like low scoring slug fest. You got a couple touchdowns in the fourth quarter to keep it exciting. Uh, maybe it's one of those you tune in it if it's close, but um, I do have Wisconsin winning this one. I just think they're going to be on a roll. They're going to know their identity. They're going to have enough pieces in place and, uh, and they come out eight and zero. Eight no Wisconsin. That's yeah. I I like them this year. I have we'll talk about you know kind of the teams, but um, I I do like what they have going on. I, I think they're going to be really good, but I just don't think they're at that level that in this weird year we've seen what's going on in the SEC and and the Big Twelve and the ACC. I don't think they're on that Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State type level where they're going to get out undefeated. But I, I do think that they'll win that division. Um, Another game that could be impactful uh, for some folks is Minnesota at Nebraska. Um, For me, it doesn't really matter. And I actually have Nebraska ending the season off on a hot note. Um, You know, I have a rough season to this point. I think it's one of those just morale games where, guys, we got to finish this thing off. And uh, give me Nebraska at home, taking down P.J. Fleck in Minnesota in a just weird COVID chaos year that, you know, hey, this game doesn't really matter for either team. Uh, Somebody's got to pull it out. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. I said before I'm a believer in Minnesota. I think Minnesota comes into this game at 6-1. and one. Wisconsin's over there at 7-0. and oh. They're going to have everything to play for, not knowing if Wisconsin's going to, you know, win that eighth game. Um, and I think – Iowa comes out, or excuse me, not Iowa, Minnesota comes out with the win to finish seven and one, uh, another great campaign by uh, PJ Fleck. And then, you know, I said a little bit earlier, I don't know if Scott Frost makes it through the season. Admittedly, I don't really know how much of a leash Minnesota is going to give him maybe, or not Minnesota, Nebraska, excuse me, uh, is going to give him, maybe I'm just out of touch with that fan base in that program. Maybe that he has got five years guaranteed. Um, I don't really know where their psychology is, but I mean, I have, they finished three and six in the big 10, the last two years, I have them finishing this season at three and five. Um, and then obviously they have their champions week game, which we'll get to, but can the Nebraska, the very proud Nebraska program go through 
three straight three win big 10 seasons and accept that and still give Scott Frost that leniency of it'll come around. It'll come around. I mean, you, you're not really seeing an improvement if these uh, predictions are correct. I mean, I don't know, maybe it drags into the off season. Maybe that question lingers, but I, I just think it's the conversation is going to be hot at that point. Um, and I think I've got them coming out of this year, three and five going into that champions week. Yeah, I let's see. I actually also have them three and five at that point too. So uh, we're pretty much in the same boat there. Um, two games that I think don't really impact anything. So we can kind of skip through them really quick. I guess they're technically in-state rivalry games, but you got Illinois going on the road to take on Northwestern. Give me Pat Fitzgerald to finish this season off at 500, four and four. Yeah, I have uh, Illinois coming into this one, seven straight losses um, going to the week, all the way back to week one. And Northwestern, actually, on my slate, I have six straight losses coming into this one. I like them. I just think they lose a lot of close games this year. Um, I think, you know, Northwestern's just got the edge. They're both going to be absolutely clawing for something to end the season with on a positive note. And I think Northwestern comes out at home with the win. And then we got another in-state rivalry. We got Purdue at Indiana. This could be a fun game to watch. Uh, Being in mid-December, I don't think it plays well to the strength of either of these teams. But um, again, I do like Indiana this year. I think Tom Allen's a good head coach. And I think they'll finish off this season strong. Give me Indiana. Yeah, I think when you look at this game, like you said, neither of their teams really uh, are built for a mid-December, early mid-December game uh, outside. It's going to be sloppy. I think the turnover margin decides this game. I think you're going to see upwards of four, five, six turnovers in this game. I think it's going to be horrible. One of those games where like you have to watch because every play is just awful but exciting and I think Indiana maybe has two turnovers Purdue has four Indiana (laughs) sneaks it out in just the worst game you've ever seen that definitely feels like one of those um in a game that could be very impactful for both of these teams Rutgers at Maryland I said it before I'll say it again Rutgers will win a game this season and it will be against Maryland Maryland falls to 0-8 in the Big Ten give me Rutgers pulling this one out on the road I also have Rutgers. Uh, could they possibly put together two straight two win seasons? Uh, no, I say that sarcastically. They have <laughs> they brought in, to be fair to Rutgers, they brought in a bunch of transfers. Greg Schiano's coming in. I think they're going to have some energy. And I, I just, I see them winning this game. I Maryland's head coach, uh, what's his name? Loxley. He <laughs> is such a joke. I don't understand how that guy has a job. So uh, Maryland sucks. Oh, and eight. I don't care. Give me, give me Rutgers. I, I, yeah, I got I Rutgers. This one. I got Rutgers two and oh, I got Maryland finishing. Oh, and eight. I think the, the, from a strength standpoint, I don't think they're very far apart, but I think Maryland has enough optimism in the program and Mer- excuse me, Rutgers has enough optimism. Maryland is on the wrong side of that Hill. Um, they're kind of in a spiral right now. And I just don't, I don't see how they're going to win a football game this year without a non-conference schedule. And the last game of the season that we'll talk about here uh, again later on, uh, just to get the prediction out here, Michigan State at Penn State. Again, this Michigan State just team just isn't ready for that kind of talent level. Give me Penn State at home. Yeah, I I talked about it. I have Michigan State starting the year five and one. It's going to be great. It's going to be exciting. We're going to be inflated in the rankings, um, but the wheels are going to come off. And well, 
it's going to be uglier than we wish in yeah. the last two weeks. I mean, I just, these teams are just better and we've got just too, way too many holes to fill and way too many questions to answer for me to really see us win in either of these games in the last two weeks. So Penn state by maybe two scores. So let's run through the standings, the final standings here. Uh, we'll give kind of uh, a couple, you know, maybe of what, what's your surprise team of all of this as you kind of finished it off. Um, in the Big Ten East, I have number one, Ohio State, 8-0. Number two, Penn State at 6-2. and Michigan at 5-3, and getting the tiebreaker over Indiana, who is also 5-3. and Michigan State finishes this season 4-4. Four and four. Rutgers 1-7. And, and Maryland 0-8 at the bottom of the East. I'll go the other way, uh, but... Similar, couple tweaks. Uh, Maryland 0-8, again, don't see them winning a game. Rutgers with a cool 2-6 and six to bring some more positivity into the program. Uh, Indiana, I'm not as high on them as you. I have them at 3-5. and five. Uh, and then I'm sure this is where the listeners are going to really love me a little bit. But uh, Michigan at 4-4, four and four, fourth in the Big Ten East. Um, Michigan State at 5-3. and three. I know, again, I've said it before, it's optimistic, but I see it in the schedule. And uh, – I'd, I'd love to get the blood boiling down. There's some blood in the water on Twitter going on as we speak. Love it at Spartan Martin 18. Let me get it all. <laughs> uh, then I got Penn state at seven and one again, just can't quite get out of the shadow of Ohio state and Ohio state still just a national juggernaut, a national championship contender at eight. No going into the big 10 championship. Yep. So I guess my takeaways of the Big Ten East here, as I was going through the the game by game, I, I was trying not to look at the standings. I didn't want to really let that influence my week to week picks. And I kind of knew I would have Ohio State rolling. Uh, but I mean, the eight no is not really surprising for me. I guess the, the Big Ten East kind of shook out a little bit how I expected it to. I mean, Penn State's really talented. You have two great defensive ends in Shaka Tony, and uh, you have Jason Oway. Losing Micah Parsons is huge for that team, though, and I think to really compete for that Big Ten East, you had to have him as your top playmaker. Um, you're going to be having a hard time with some of those bigger games without him, but they got a good group of running backs led by Journey Brown. You have Sean Clifford, who's at least an experienced, decent Big Ten quarterback. So I think they'll be strong, but they're just not on Ohio State's level this year. Uh, Michigan, again, I, I think they have some talent, but they're just inexperienced this year. They're they're losing a ton on both sides of the ball. Um, and I think Jim Harbaugh is, is generally a pretty good coach. I like what Don Brown does on defense against bad teams. They're, they're going to win those games, but when you get them against the the upper class of, of the Big Ten, it, it's going to be a struggle for them. I know I had them beating Penn State, but in general, I just think it's going to be tough sledding for Michigan against the Wisconsins, the Minnesotas, the Ohio States. And um, it's going to be a rough year for them compared to what their expectations might be. But, you know, when you really look back at it with a pretty unexperienced team in a COVID year, five and three isn't really that bad. Indiana, uh, of course, I, I've talked about them a couple times already. I, I like what they have coming back. Michigan State, we'll talk about. Rutgers, again, I, I just think that there's some energy there. I think they're going to be competitive more than they've been in the last couple of years, but they're just not really ready to win a lot of those games. And Maryland sucks. Their head coach sucks. Fire everybody. It's disgusting there in Maryland. Yeah, yeah, I mean – I echo a lot of what you said. Obviously we've been over where the standings shake out. 
Um, I'll save a lot of the evaluation of Michigan State until after we go through their individual games here in, in a few minutes. But, you know, I think the big surprise on my standings other than Michigan State is Michigan at four and four. Um, I, I don't want people to think I did this just because I hate Michigan and I love Michigan State. It's just it really comes down to the schedules. Michigan got a really, really raw deal on their crossover yeah. games. Minnesota and the- Wisconsin is brutal. They're playing. I mean, I have Minnesota or I have Wisconsin at eight and zero, and Minnesota at seven one to finish the year. It's the to me, it's the two best teams in the opposite division. And again, I mean, Michigan beats the bad teams and more times than not loses to the good ones. I think Minnesota and Wisconsin are the good ones in the West this year, and I just don't think Michigan has the energy around their program to pull out these kinds of wins this year. It feels stale to me. It does. I don't. Where's the excitement? I mean. They, they've got some names coming up, but it just feels like another year in Ann Arbor, and I just don't see why they're going to win these ones. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you there. Uh, again, I just what, – what's the – with the COVID year, is it possible, like regardless of any realistic situation, is it possible that Jim Harbaugh is not coaching in 2021? At Michigan, I should say. Like, is that even so, in the realm of possibility? Is it? Well, if putting aside my predictions, if Michigan went 0-8, yes, obviously that's possible. Like, if they lost every game, he'd get fired. I, I don't think even any – the most delusional right. Michigan fans would disagree yeah. with that. But a realistic – let's say they go 2-6. and six, Like, a bad – but, like, they beat Rutgers and Maryland – but they I go two and six. Is that, is it possible? I don't think you can overlook how much that Ohio state game means to this program. If they're coming into Ohio state at two and five and they lose by, I don't know, four touchdowns. Like it's re- it's possible. Yeah. I don't think that'll happen, but like they lose by 28 to finish the year three and five, two and six, maybe their wins were ugly and their losses were uglier. I mean, it, it, a lot of it obviously depends on how the conversations are going to develop as the year goes on, but Michigan's been waiting for their breakout and they've kind of, they've flirted with breakouts for a couple of years. And, you know, obviously they're one of the best teams in the big 10. I don't personally think this is going to be a conversation at the end of the year, there'll be some frustration. I don't think his seat will be very hot though, but yeah, I mean, if they drop a couple of games, they're supposed to win and finish three and five, two and six, something like that with some bad losses. Um, it's a conversation because Jim Harbaugh is yet to really win them a game they can hang their hat on. So yeah. um, Yeah. I'm like fascinated by that situation just because like Jim Harbaugh was the savior. He was the guy, he was the dream hire. He was the, the person who was supposed to bring Michigan back to everything that they were under Lloyd Carr. And that's a different discussion for a different time, because I think Michigan fans disrespect the living hell out of Lloyd Carr. And it's hilarious to me, but I it's, it's just fascinating to me because if you're a Michigan fan, you, you had this guy as your Messiah and he just hasn't gotten the job done. At what point do you call it quits on that? And then moving on from like, where do you go from there? Like, where do you go from Jim Harbaugh? In my opinion, you have to go outside of the program. You can't hire another Michigan man because this was the Michigan man. He was the Michigan quarterback who went on and and coached in a Super Bowl 
And if, if there was a Michigan man who was going to get the job done here, it was Jim Harbaugh. And he clearly hasn't done that. And if we have a season where, again, I don't think it's going to happen, but where they go three and five, I mean, that seat's got to start getting really hot. And then where do you go from there? It's fascinating to me that that whole saga, what's going on in Ann Arbor. And um, I don't know yeah, if that becomes, if it becomes a reality, by the end of the year, I think we'll probably designate a pod episode for it uh, because, you know, every Michigan State fan loves to talk about stuff like this, but um, it's, it's hard to see, but I mean, I agree. It's, it's similar to kind of where the Lions are now. They've been going through regime after regime waiting to get back. Well, not that the Lions have ever had glory days, but waiting to see, you know, some real success. <laughs> the 50s, or baby. We're at a least... dynasty. <laughs> They've been waiting to live up to their expectations and it's just not happening. And if, if the Jim Harbaugh era comes to a close without, you know, the, the success that they're really aiming for, that program is going to see a dark time. And I, I don't know where they turn. Um, obviously, we don't know when that's going to happen. We don't know what the uh, landscape is going to look like for, you know, new hires. But Tom it's a Brady. scary thought. And it's, it's a scary thought to be hanging, you know, a lot of pressure on this weird COVID season. We, like you said, we've seen a lot of the turmoil in other conferences. Already. Yeah, that's where I'm that's where I'm like even if you go th- 2 and 6 like can you fire a coach after this covid year like that just seems crazy but I don't know. But on the flip side of the coin how many years of regression can right. you withstand and really expect anything to turn around? I mean Michigan fans love to talk about the NFL guys they're putting, you know, out. And and I won't disagree with that. They've become a bit of an NFL factory first, second, third round picks every year. Um, so why aren't they winning games? Right. You know, that, why aren't, that well, kind they're of winning makes it games. worse. Like, why aren't they winning the games, the yeah. game, you know, I mean, they've got talent, maybe not Ohio state's talent, but enough talent to, to be competitive in those games and win 25% of them or something. And they're just not winning those games. So how long can they withstand their expectations not being fulfilled? Yep. And so we both have Ohio State winning the Big Ten East, going to represent the division in the Big Ten championship game. I believe you had Wisconsin going undefeated, so we're definitely on the same page. Uh, I have Wisconsin winning the Big Ten West, going 6-2. and two. I have two teams tied at 5-3. and three. I have Minnesota with the head-to-head win, though. Minnesota at 5-3, and three, second in the division. Purdue also five and three tied for second in the division Northwestern four and four Nebraska three and five Iowa in the sixth place finish three and five and Illinois at the bottom of the division at one and seven. So as you alluded to or mentioned, I have Wisconsin at eight. No, I'll go down to the bottom. I have Illinois at zero and eight. I think this is Lovey Smith's last year. Um, You know, he hasn't really, quote unquote, turn the page for their program. They're not really showing much excitement. I think they have just a bad year this year. Oh, and eight, Levy Smith's out. Northwestern at two and six. Um, it's tough to see necessarily because I do think they're a pretty strong team. But, you know, when you when I went through this exercise and predicted all these games, kind of the realization I had is there's just not that many wins this year to go around. You know, there's eight games on everybody's yep. schedule and some, you know, the, the good teams are going to win a lot of them and you're going to have some seriously disappointed programs at the end of this year. Um, so Northwestern down there at two and six, I think it's going to be rough for them. 
Purdue and Nebraska I have at three and five. Nebraska gets the edge for the head-to-head win. Um, again, Nebraska at three and five would be, I think, a bit of a conversation around Scott Frost. I don't know where it would lead, but it'll be interesting. Iowa at four and four, kind of a transition year for them. You alluded to all of the, you know, the shit they've had to wade through uh, over the course of this offseason on top of, you know, COVID and everything. So uh, tough year for them, four and four. But I think Minnesota is the X factor in the Big Ten West that really starts to elevate this division. They're not still at the level of the Big Ten East, but I think as long as P.J. Flex stays in Minnesota, they're going to have another team that starts to build itself into a really scary program, starts to compete for that slot in Indianapolis. Uh, this isn't quite their year. Seven and one can't get past Wisconsin. Uh, and like I said, Wisconsin at eight, no, to take on Ohio state and the big 10 championship. Yeah. So when you're looking at the big 10 West, um, again, I Wisconsin at the top, I losing their quarterback, I think is a big deal. It's not that big of a deal at Wisconsin compared to most schools yeah. though. So I think they will be fine. But again, I just don't see them running the table. I think they're, they're not quite talented enough to, to get through that unscathed. So um, I just have them dropping a couple games. It's just a matter of which ones uh, Minnesota at five and three. I do really like Minnesota. I do like that offense. I like Tanner Morgan and Rashad Bateman. They got Daniel Falele, the right tackle. He's lining up at six, eight, 400 pounds, literally 400 pounds on the roster. So that's insane. Uh, but it, I like their running back Muhammad Ibrahim. And they got a couple good players on defense, but the problem is they're losing their biggest impact players on the defensive side of the ball. And that's where I have some problems with this was Minnesota team. Antoine Winfield was their entire heart and soul last year. He's gone. He's playing for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, and they lost a couple linebackers that I'm blanking on the names now, but I, the, the losses on the defensive side, I think are what's going to hurt Minnesota this year. Purdue. I, I love Purdue this year, man. I, they have their receivers that I, again, I think they're the best receiving duo in the big 10. And then on defense, you got George Karlaftis, who is one of the best defensive linemen in the conference. He was a freshman, all American. He was a five-star kid who came in and played and made a huge impact right away. Lorenzo Neal's coming back on that defensive line. So their defensive line could give people problems. And I think that's a big difference for Purdue this year, if they can stay healthy. Um, so I like them going five and three Northwestern. Again, it's just a matter of, you know, Pat Fitzgerald. I think he's a great coach. And I think that Peyton Ramsey coming in and shoring up that quarterback spot is a big deal. Um, you know, last year they had the kid coming in from Clemson, uh, who was a former five-star player, Hunter Johnson. And I talked about it last year before the season. I was like, Hey, Northwestern Pat show. They might have like a really talented quarterback and might figure this thing out. And that could make a big difference. Well, he went out and threw one touchdown and four interceptions and got benched. So that clearly wasn't the guy they turned to Aiden Smith. He threw for three touchdowns and nine interceptions. Like they just couldn't figure out the quarterback spot last year. So I think Peyton Ramsey coming in is a guy who pro- who's proven himself in the Big Ten, who's proven, you know, he's not an all-Big Ten type player, but he can sure up that spot, and, and I think that makes a huge difference. They got Isaiah Bowser coming back at running back, one of the best names in the Big Ten. Your running back is a is a 220-pound white dude named Bowser. That's awesome. <laughs> but we know the linebackers are good. We know the defense is going to be good. They're returning their entire secondary, which is huge. 
Um, I, I think that they're going to have a pretty good season four and four, you know, Nebraska, we talked a lot about, they got some good skill players, you know, Wandale Robinson's a guy to look out for at wide receiver. He's going to be making a lot of big plays for them, but I just don't see it on the roster. I, I just don't think this is a year that they're ready to compete. And, and I don't know when that is for Scott Frost, but you know, we've talked a lot about that. I won't talk more Iowa. Again, man, I just, there's a lot going on in this program right now. And when you include missing a lot of your, you know, returning production from last year, I have them going three and five. And I just, I I looked at that at the end. I was like, really Iowa three and five. There's no way, but I don't know. I just, I don't see it this year in Illinois. They had a lot of turnover luck last year. They had something like 12 defensive touchdowns or something last year. Like that's just not going to repeat itself. They had a lot of fumble recoveries. That's a stat that usually doesn't repeat year after year. That's going to fall back to the mean. And Illinois, I think they just played a little bit above their skis last year. They're not ready to compete in the Big Ten West. Uh, I have them at the bottom going one and seven. So when you were looking at your Big Ten West, what kind of stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, I was surprised to see Wisconsin at 8-0. Honestly, I don't think it's as strong of a team as they've had in recent years. But I just, again, similar to like Michigan, you know, losing just because of the schedule. I think Wisconsin just has a nice schedule. They pull out the win against Michigan. Obviously, the Big Ten West is just not particularly competitive in comparison to the East. And then they catch Indiana at home I don't late in the season. I just think the schedule works out nicely for them. I think, um, well, I won't allude to anything yet about champions week, but I think it's a good year for them. Um, just based on the schedule, Minnesota, again, I alluded to it, but I think they are building themselves into being that second powerhouse in the, in the West. Um, as long as PJ Fleck is there. Um, and, and when you look at this, these standings, you know, for me, I have Ohio state and Penn state in the East, Wisconsin, Minnesota in the West. I think those four teams are really going to be the story in the big 10 this year. I think you see a pretty dramatic fall off because the rest of the teams just have a lot of questions to answer this year from my perspective. And uh, so, yeah, I think Minnesota is going to kind of hold serve, if you will, um, after last year's great season, they come through at seven and one this year and uh, continue to open eyes and, and impress people. Iowa four and four, not much there. Nebraska, again, Scott Frost, where is the conversation going to be at the end of the year? If it, this is the kind of season they have, Purdue, similar to Indiana, I just don't see the energy some people are seeing this year. Um, and Illinois, uh, you know, at 0-8, I think, you know, you you said a lot of what I was thinking. I just don't think they're going to catch as many breaks this year. Um, but the, kind of a, as far as the bottom half of that division, Northwestern's really the eye-opener. I didn't expect to predict them at 2-6. and six. Had I not gone game by game, I probably would have put them at 4-4. Four and four. Uh, But, again, the schedule is tough. Uh, their division's better than it has been, I think, um, compared to recent years. And I just don't, I think they, they struggle this year. So two and six. So now we both have the same championship game. We both have Ohio state and Wisconsin. You have them both coming in undefeated, which is interesting because they're probably, you know, if we're talking about the college football playoff and, you're definitely in a, in a college football playoff uh, play in game. If this is the case, the way it works out for you, for me, Wisconsin at six and two, I guess, beating Ohio state, you might have a shot. I I don't know, but uh, we'll see how that all would play itself out. But um, 
at the end of the day, I just think we've seen this matchup so many times and we've seen it play out very similarly every time where Wisconsin, they show that they're at least remotely capable of hanging in this game at a neutral site where first half they, they open it up and, and they look good and, and everybody's saying, okay, like we got ourselves a ball game here. And then the second half, the third quarter comes around and Ohio state just proves why they're the better team and, and the more talented team. And they end up pulling away by a couple of scores. And, and I don't see this game being any different. You have Justin Fields and these wide receivers and these skill players and these defensive backs in an indoor neutral site. I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't see this game playing out any differently than it's played out over the last five years. And, and it might be the kind of boring answer, but I just, I don't really think there's much to break down here because we've seen this matchup time and time again, and we've seen it play out the same way. So I, I don't expect that to change. I got Ohio state nine and oh, winning the big 10, going to the college football playoff as a one or two seed. And I think just Justin Fields is so good. And this offense is going to be good because of him. Their offensive line is phenomenal. I just, I can't see Wisconsin hanging in this game. I'm excited about this one. 8-0 versus 8-0, as you said. Um, I think Wisconsin is going to be probably overly confident because, you know, as I said earlier, I think they're going to be at 8-0, but I think it's going to be more because of the schedule than because they're honestly the strongest. I don't think they're going to be the strongest Wisconsin team uh, that we've seen in recent years. And uh, so they'll be really confident. They're going to come out with a ton of energy, but I don't see it playing out the same way it has in years past. I don't think it's going to be like a 14 point game. I think it's going to be Ohio state by a lot. Um, I think they're going to break Wisconsin in the first half. They're going to put up a couple scores, you know, build a couple score lead early in this game. And Wisconsin's just not going to have the answer. I think it's going to get away from Wisconsin. And I think, you know, Ohio state has really shown over the last five plus years that, they've put themselves in the top five national conversation. They are now one of the programs where you can bet on them coming into the year to be a top five team. If they're not a top five team, it's a disappointment for them. And the big 10 doesn't have anyone else, obviously in that tier. I don't think the big 10 has anyone else in the next tier, maybe Penn state, but even Penn state hasn't done a whole lot nationally. Honestly, I think Ohio state's two tiers above the rest of the conference. And I think they're going to show it this year. It's a weird year, but I think they're just going to stomp pretty much <laughs> everyone and, uh, and win the Big Ten here. And, and like you said, going to the college football playoff. Wisconsin has a great year to hang their hat on, but with a disappointing end. Yeah, no, I just, yeah. Again, Ohio State's just so talented compared to the rest of the conference. And when you look at the recruiting rankings, when you look at every metric, they just keep pulling away exponentially. And so that's that's scary for the rest of the Big Ten, but they're just that much better than everyone. So um, we're, we're definitely running a little bit long here. Like I mentioned in the intro, we didn't really expect to be going this long, but you know, once you get us talking about big 10 football, that's kind of what happens. <laughs> but, um, I do want to just real quick, we'll touch on our predicted champions week games. Um, you know, we'll just take a, like two minutes here to wrap that up because these are games that might not even come into fruition and actually be played out. So I don't want to spend too much time predicting them, but I'll roll through mine. I got Penn State taking on Minnesota as the two versus two. Um, I think Penn State would win this one. There, this would be a great game. I would be really excited to watch this one at like 3.30 before the Big Ten Championship game. But 
Um, give me Penn State in that one. Michigan and Purdue. This, I think, also would be a pretty fun game to watch. Um, I don't know. We, we talked about it. I don't know what they're doing for these games. Are they going to be neutral site? Is it going to be a home? It, nobody knows, but um, I think Michigan would win this game. Northwestern and Indiana. Uh, this, you know, I guess you start to get some of these middle matchups and, and they'd be competitive. They'd be fun, but give me Indiana in this game. I think they're just a little bit more talented in the, in the overall grand scheme of things. Give me Michigan state over Nebraska to finish the season above 500 at five and four. Uh, this would make Nebraska three and six to finish off the year, but this would be, I think, a real good test to end the season. It's it's a competitive matchup. I think these are pretty evenly matched teams, but um, I think Michigan State would be a little bit more physical in the run game late in the season. I think that's where we would come out in this one. Iowa against Rutgers, they get a pretty friendly crossover game. I think Iowa would win this game pretty handily, even though I've talked about Iowa and their problems going into this season. If you line them up against Rutgers, I think they're pretty clearly the better team. And then you got Maryland 0-8 against Illinois 1-7. You know, I wanted to pick Illinois just to spite Maryland, but give me Maryland to to get this one. I think you come Hmm. into this last game of the season. Illinois already got their one win of the season. Maryland's still searching for theirs. I think the motivation factor plays in. I know we're breaking down a Maryland-Illinois game that might not even happen this year, but give me Maryland to finish the season as no teams go winless. Everybody gets a win, and Maryland goes 1-8 and eight to finish off the year. All right, all right, I like it. Um, okay, so I already said Ohio State by a wide margin against Wisconsin. I also have Penn State and Minnesota, uh, both at 7-1, and one, so both trying to finish the season with the one-loss year. Uh, I do have Penn State coming out. I just think they have more weapons. If it is an indoor game, I think it'll it'll be, you know, definitely Penn State. But, um, yeah, I don't think Minnesota's quite there uh, to, to have the one-win season and take down a team like Penn State. Uh, then I have Michigan State and Iowa in the number three matchup. Uh, Michigan State coming in at five and three, Iowa at four and four. A uh, little caveat here, I do have a couple repeat matchups from earlier in the year. The Big Ten did say they don't really want to do that but I was trying to fiddle with the matchups and stuff and it was just too complex. So I'm just going straight up with the standings. I have, if they're not going to tell uh, us MSU, what they're doing, we got to just figure it out on our own. We're rolling with it. So I do have Michigan state dropping this one against Iowa only because they already played earlier in the year. I picked Michigan state earlier in the year. It's tough to beat the same team twice, kind of like basketball. Um, I think Iowa comes in They're at four and four. They want to have a good five and four Michigan state just, str- I mean, I was a good program. Michigan state is going to be, interesting this year I just don't think they have the power to beat a team like Iowa twice uh then I have Michigan uh against Nebraska Michigan at four and four Nebraska at three and five I think Michigan wins that one to scrap out the five and four year and tie Michigan State at five and four we would have a whole off season of conversation if Michigan and Michigan State both finish at five and four this uh this that year would be phenomenal. I hope it happens it'd be Twitter great would be podcast. so fun for, for like nine fans. months I don't know if uh, the state would still exist after those <laughs> eight or nine months, but uh, you know, I, I'd love to see it. Um, Nebraska falls to three and six. I've already talked about Scott Frost. I think it'd be a weird, scary conversation for Nebraska. Um, then I have Indiana playing Purdue, a little repeat of that trash game. If I would hope that this in-state would be an indoor site. 
you got to play that at Indianapolis, right? It's in state. They've got the the dome stadium there. Play that at in Indy. That's what I would do. Just play um, it at noon as like the the teaser for the Big Ten championship. Yep, perfect. I got the quarterbacks combining for like I don't know eight hundred passing yards. <laughs> You've got like nine passing touchdowns. It's just an absolute you know slugfest. And uh, I got Indiana coming out, scrapping on a four and five year. Purdue falling to three and six, tied with Nebraska. Um, down to the number six matchup. We got Rutgers in Northwestern, both at two and six, but similar to the uh, Big Ten Championship kind of feel. I think Northwestern's a lot stronger than their record. I think Rutgers is probably a little worse than their two and six record. I think Northwestern wins by a couple of scores. And the basement bowl, I have Illinois and Maryland both coming in at 0 and 8. Um, I don't think anyone, Big would, I don't think a single game. person would watch this game other than maybe <laughs> if they have cardboard cutouts in the stands, they'll have their eyes on it. Um, yeah. I don't think Illinois or Maryland fans would be watching this game. <laughs> I don't even know if we would have a sitting head coach. That's not an interim coach in this game. <laughs> if they're both at O and eight, I mean, why would you bring an O and eight coach back? Um, especially Lovey Smith, who, if he does go O and eight would, he's been around for a little while would have really no reason to keep his job. Um, maybe I'd turn it on just because I think there'd be emotions. I think the teams would be long past being disappointed in themselves at that point. And I think it would be a be... close game. You can argue if that means that it's going to be a good game or not, but it'll be close. Yeah. And, and there'd be a lot of fun. I think both teams, like I said, would be over the fact that they suck. They'd be like, Oh, we got this extra game here. Let's try to get a win. Let's have 14 it, turnovers. You might, you might have like tons of trick plays. There's no, especially if the coaches are on their way out, there's no reason to hide anything in the playbook. Just let it all hang out, you know? And uh, I think you got Illinois scrapping out a win just because I think Maryland's not really a power five team this year. And, and Illinois just gets a W again, horribly ugly game and uh i think it'd be exciting and fun and uh yeah probably won't watch it yeah so like i mentioned at the start uh we we did plan on doing this episode obviously as uh split big 10 and msu predictions you kind of heard that throughout the episode um and we just kind of kept rolling and and that's what happens sometimes on a podcast so um, we will uh, be airing this actually probably on Tuesday. I don't know. We'll figure this all out, but um, we'll be airing this one before the Michigan State predictions. So whenever you're listening to this, make sure you listen either tomorrow or the next day. I will definitely let you know uh, it, probably the next day tomorrow as you're listening. We'll we'll get through the Michigan State game by game predictions and um, we'll we'll take that into the Rutgers preview episode, and it'll be a big week for you guys. I, I'm happy to oblige for all of the support for the Standing Room Spartans podcast. You can follow on Twitter at Standing Room MSU. I'm sure you are already, but I have to make sure I plug that. But make sure you just kind of follow that. Again, this this is going to be a crazy week, so make sure you you keep an eye on it, and we'll tell you when the podcasts are airing and. Um, if we, if we have any other news as we're starting off the year, uh, we have an Instagram page, standing room Spartans, make sure you follow Scott on Twitter at Spartan Martin 18 Spartan Martin 18. As we're uh, going into the football season here, you want to make sure you got all of your Michigan state Twitter accounts followed, um, before we kick things off. So, Again, uh, it's it's a long episode, but if you guys are looking to really see what's going on around the Big Ten, I know 
you know, a lot of you are just college football fans and you're going to be following this stuff. So we'll, we'll hopefully we gave you something to think about before. If you're a gambler, hopefully we gave you something to think about there as well in that sense. So um, have yourselves a phenomenal day, whatever day it is that I end up deciding to air this thing. Uh, take care, folks. <laughs>